What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of Running Through the Garden, where we cover all things New Jersey running. I'm Mike Zerzolo. I'm Ryan Spolark, and today we're joined by Tim and Sean Dolan. Tim and Sean take us through how they got into running, their incredible careers at Hopewell Valley, highlighted by a third-place team finish at Meet Champs in cross-country, and a Penn Relays DMR record. They take us through their college recruiting process, the ups and downs of running through the pandemic, and their big seasons that followed. We talk about their joint effort to get Sean qualified for the Olympic trials, with Tim's pacing helping him secure a spot on the last possible day. Finally, we touch on Sean's Olympic trials experience and what it was like racing huge names like Clayton Murphy and Donovan Brazier. We had a lot of fun talking to them, and we hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys. Uh, welcome, Tim and Sean. Thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to have you guys. You just got back from the trials. We're definitely going to touch on the trials. Definitely going to talk a lot about that. Um, but before we jump into that, we just kind of want to get some background on you guys. Tell us how you got into the sport of running. You know, your dad is a legendary coach in New Jersey. What kind of role did he play, and how did you both uh, find the sport of running? Go ahead. Tim. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. So. Um, you know, obviously our, for those who don't know, uh, I would imagine most people who are listening to this probably do know, but, uh, so our dad is Steve Dolan, uh, current, uh, director of cross country and track and field at, uh, university of Pennsylvania. Um, and he, he used to work at Princeton and he first started coaching at the college of New Jersey. Let's go back in the, uh, back in the nineties. And, uh, you know, a lot of people assume just cause you know, like our, our dad is, uh, associated with the track world and uh, somewhat known um, that we were kind of like pushed into it. But I think Sean and I both would say we had a very similar uh, start with the sport where it came very naturally to us. Actually, our mom uh, was, she was the, she was where we get our distance running genes from. Uh, She was a a middle distance runner at at Wagner college up in, uh, up in Staten Island uh, in the, in the nineties as well. And you know, we, we both are personally for me, I started out as, you know, I played a bunch of sports growing up, soccer, basketball. Um, but in middle school, I decided to, to run cross country for the first time. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I made some, a couple of friends I made there are still some of my best friends today. And some nice. of the guys I ran with in high school. Um, and I actually played soccer my freshman year of high school uh, for the school team. And then after like that spring, I ran track and just fell in love with the sport. And I had a great group of uh, juniors and seniors at that point that really took me under their wing. And so that's when I decided I was going to make running the, the main focus. And uh, uh, I would say the rest, the rest is history. Nice. Sean, how about and you? For me, uh, yeah, for me, it was pretty similar. Like Tim, um, we played basketball, soccer, basically in any sport. Um, I joined the party a little late, I would have to say. Um, I always kind of did track on the side just to stay in shape for soccer. I was like a huge, huge soccer guy. Like I wanted to play soccer in college. And um, I think what made me realize I wanted to run was after playing uh, ODP soccer, I made like the ODP state team, I think my freshman year of high school. And it just made me, I just didn't like it after that. I just <laughs> pl- started playing that and just realized like, man, this, this isn't, this isn't what I want to do. So I had a good freshman year off of like going to practice like three times a week. Cause I was going to soccer practice these other days. So I basically show up on workout days and then show up to the races and was running well. So after my freshman year, I kind of made the decision that I was going to focus on folks on track. 
and I went on to play soccer my sophomore year that spring, that fall. Um, didn't run cross country, then just got into indoors and was out of shape, of course, and basically spent the entire year trying to get back into shape. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I was a little bit late to the party, but once I got there, um, you know, just consistently just trying to get better and better each season. And like Tim said, we had a great group of guys. I wasn't really around that much for the older class that he's referring to just because I joined so late. But um, like the guys that were Tim's age and the guys that are my age, um, they made it so much fun. And, you know, it was uh, it was a great environment to be around and always pushing each other to get better. You know, the constant, um, you know, the constant like just talking, talking to each other's ears, trying to drop each other on every run, every <laughs> workout. So it created a, a good, uh, a good, healthy, uh, competitive environment for us at Hopewell. Nice. Yeah, you guys had a really good team. Um, you guys finished third at Media Champs, right, in cross country? Yep. Is that your, your highest finish? Yeah, that was our best finish. Um, it was it was great because I think going into that race, I think Tim had our best two mile of 940, 948 <laughs> or something like that. So it was just a bunch of uh, mid-D guys that, you know, got together for cross season. But right. I think that's a funny a funny stat is uh, Tim was our best two mile of like 945 or whatever he ran wow. like his sophomore year. Yeah, that's crazy, what actually. Was, what, was, what was fun about that was my sophomore year is my first year we ran cross. I'm pretty sure – we were 10th at our sectional meet and then our junior year we were 10th at the group meet and then my senior year we were third at meet of champs so that was like that was a really fun summer just like building up to it because we we had a pretty good junior track season at least for yeah. my class and then sean's class as well as sophomores and we we realized we were all coming back and sean was finally joining the cross-country team as well as another guy john and we had some big pieces coming back so we were like we, we could really try and do something special and that was i would say that was probably the, the most fun i've had in a season was just like we, we really built that from the ground up and that was really that was really fun to be a part of right yeah that's awesome another highlight that you guys had while you were at hopewell was the dmr at pen relays obviously so i want you guys to talk about that and walk us through that race obviously at the end with Sean, you were hawking down Sam Affolder, right? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of just walk us through that race, that whole experience and like what that was like, um, just to be a part of that. I mean, yeah, that was easily, no matter what's going to happen in my running career or even Tim's running career, that was the best day I've ever had on a track, no matter what happens. Um, <laughs> that was, that was an unreal day. I'm, I'm still smiling thinking about it. I get goosebumps thinking about it still. That was, that was like the best day I've ever had on a track, but, um, yeah, so we'd run, I think, 10, 16 indoors. And, like, we had a, our other, our other uh, 1,200 leg was Teddy Meredith. He ran he ran pretty well that that 10, 16 run. But he was sick, and he, he closed real hard. And, like, um, honestly, like, I ran, like, 420 on the anchor leg there. So, like, we had, we had a ton a, a ton more time to cut. Uh, it, was, it was pretty obvious. And um, Tim actually ran our 400 leg on that indoor, that indoor DMR. So – that was a couple more seconds we had to cut there as well. Um, but we just kind of knew we got, we got to depend with that time and we knew it was kind of an, uh, we had a lot more potential in that race. So um, when I say like everyone ran to their literally the, to the best, the capabilities that day, that's what they did. Teddy Meredith ran 302 handing off in the lead, even though 
our 400, 400 owner Amos was not thrilled about that. He literally <laughs> said, Teddy, don't give the time to leave because he's nervous <laughs> about it. But uh, I think Teddy just did it out of spite, but, you know, it worked out great. Amos <laughs> ran 50 point. Tim had a, a huge PR that day, ran 156. And then I, you know, pulled a 407 out of nowhere, which was which was really, really helpful for us, obviously. So, um, and yeah, time total out to Penrilli's record and still don't know how he did it to that day. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty unreal experience to do it with, especially with, you know, Tim handing me hand, handing me the baton and like our, our dad's history at, at yeah. UPenn and his history with the Penn Relay is like even when he was at Princeton, there's he'd won a few wheels with his guys at Princeton. So there's a ton of history for that. And, you know, just a great experience. Yeah, that really was a, a whole family affair, that that race. And that's that's something cool to see. That's something you you don't get to see a ton of. Um, but when that happens and knowing the history, because um, I'm sure you guys grew up going to Penn Relays visiting watching and then to stand up there with the wheel with the record um that, that's got to be special and something you can share with your dad so that's that's really cool yeah that's awesome um so another thing uh that we wanted to touch on was your guys college recruiting process how did that kind of go for you guys what other schools were you looking at so sean you're now at villanova and tim you are at upenn what did that what did the process kind of look for you like for you guys uh yeah so i am probably the 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 model of what not to do if you're a (laughs) high schooler looking to run college um i was so stubborn in terms of like reaching out to schools um i don't even remember who i reached out to and whatnot um because i i only took two visits Uh, i went to i went to penn and i went to the college of new jersey as mike remembers yep um that was a fun visit yeah, those were those are those are both lot those are both fun times. Um, but you know, I I always love telling the story because I I didn't have the the greatest times coming out of a junior year, and especially you know looking at a school like Penn that was where I was really hoping to go. Right. You know, like I I my grades were my grades were pretty solid. I had tested pretty well, but you know the the running wasn't entirely there. So I was kind of you know taking a big risk by not really looking at that many schools. I had reached out to a few others, some responded, some didn't. And I only took the two visits, but I always loved telling the story that the the night before I had to find out if I was going to Penn until like when like the admissions stuff like came out like any other student. So I, I distinctly remember the night before I found, got my decision back. I was panicking because I like, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to happen. So I all of a sudden made a list of like eight to 10 schools and this contact. Um, and this is like in December of my senior year. So right. Oh, wow. To, to any, to any high schooler who's potentially listening to this, please don't do what I did and save yourself <laughs> the trouble. Um, but yeah, I mean, from in a real basic sense, I would say, you know, Penn was uh, right around my junior year when I started running decently well. Um, Penn was always the, that was the school that I, I wanted to go to and, you know, I, I, I'm lucky that it ended up working out because, you know, if it didn't work out, who, who knows what would have happened. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would say I, I'm very happy that decision paid off. What was the immediate reaction when you, when you got that confirmation that you were in, that you were accepted to Penn? Oh, relief. Yeah. Uh, I just remember 
I just remember opening it up on my computer and just laying down on my bed. <laughs> and just, like, I felt like the world had been lifted off my shoulders. Nice. That's awesome. I, I, have a, I have another question for you, Tim, real quick. So where did Mike go wrong in the recruitment process? <laughs> because obviously, I mean, like he didn't do a good True. enough job. I mean, honestly, so how can he fix that? I mean, honestly, that was a really fun visit. Like that, <laughs> I would just say like, I think we, we went to Goodwill. You got some like alligator skin boots. They were, yeah, they were I, fire. Did. I, got some alli- I got some alligator shoes. I, I got fitted. Oh, I got a Christmas sweater that lit up. It had a button on it. And like, like five bucks. Uh, I actually still have that. I think. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's all I need. The Christmas sweater. Yeah. That was, that was a, that was a fun visit, man. I had a good time. Yeah. Just, that was fun. It's tough to compete with UPenn. I'm pretty sure I told you on that visit. If you get into UPenn, go to UPenn. <laughs> and Sean now too. I mean, how was your whole uh, recruiting process and all the schools that were trying to reach out to you? Yeah, it was a it was a pretty interesting one for sure. Um, obviously, like getting late into running, like I didn't really know like if I could run in college. Like obviously, like. It was just me being naive. Like I was just thinking like, Oh, I've run these certain times. Like, I guess I can be recruited or whatever. And then I think right after, I guess it was, I guess it was like July 1st or whatever, my, my junior year, like when the, the window opened up or whatever, I had gotten a couple of emails and a couple of um, uh, letters and that was super exciting. I was just like, it was schools like um, Penn state. I remember I reached out immediately. Um, it's just some schools like that, like NC state, Penn state, um, it was just questionnaires and stuff and letters, but that was always like really exciting. Just, you know, get a letter from a school. And, um, ultimately I, I, um, you know, it, things just, things had progressed. I'd been in contact with, with Villanova pretty late. Um, it's actually a funny story that, um, I got reached out to by, by Matt Valerani, who's our assistant coach, probably around, I want to say like October during the cross season, I wasn't putting up anything that was like super, super impressive in cross. Cause it's my first time. And I ran, I ran well in cross that year. I was, I think it was like top 20 at media champs and cross. So I was really proud of that, how that season went for me, but it was nothing like, you know, being recruited as a cross guy or anything. So um, he reached out and then Marcus, didn't really Marcus O'Sullivan didn't really reach out for for a long time. He didn't reach out probably until indoor nationals. I uh, I was fourth at indoor nationals in the 800 that year. Uh, took a dive against Luis Peralta, and you know it didn't really pay off that day. But um, but yeah, Marcus reached out to me. And he was just like, you know, I, I don't really like, you know, recruiting um, like guys that are like my friend's sons or kids or whatever. Cause he's very close to my dad, obviously. So he's like, right. yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't not reach out at this point though. Cause after he saw how he ran a national. So that was a kind of funny story. He waited <laughs> real, real late. And then he's like, I can't wait anymore. Um, so yeah, I was talking to them and then um, probably by the end of my junior year, I had like a, a list set and then a couple more schools that were like pretty interesting reached out kind of late, which made things a little bit more stressful because um, you know, schools like Oregon and Washington were reaching out super, super late and, you know, had me rethinking everything. Of course, anything I had gone through the past year, just like, oh, crap, I might have to, you know, I thought I had a list set and these other schools are coming in late that are, of course, you know, very attractive looking schools. And I'm just like, oh, man, got to try and reset this. So ultimately, I went on three official visits. I went on a visit to Penn State, Providence College, and Villanova, and um, 
all three are great visits. Enjoyed myself in all three of them. But as soon as I stepped on Villanova's campus, I knew it. I was like, this is the place. This is it. I, I was actually supposed to have a visit at University of Washington the next week. And I I got home from my visit from Villanova and I told my parents I was going to commit. And they're like, slow down. You've been home for two <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, no, I'm going. This is, this is, we're going, I'm going to Villanova. That's how it is. Um, and I remember I, I called Marcus right after I got back and he thought I like left something at school, like on my, for my <laughs> visit. And I'm like, no, I'm coming. Like I'm going to commit to Villanova. He's like, holy crap. All right. That was, that was quick. Um, but yeah, I, I canceled my Washington visit right after that, just cause I was so sad. Didn't want to even question it anymore. And then, you know, signed in, I guess, November and, you know, been, been thrilled to have been committed to there since then. So what was it uh, about Villanova? Was it like the campus, the team? Was it Marcus? Um, what kind of really like solidified that decision for you? Um, it was probably a mixture of all those things. You know, right. I could tell the team was um, going in the right direction. They had they had a couple of, couple of down years, um, but I saw potential with some of the guys in their team. Obviously, like I've been watching Casey Coma run off the charts. Yeah. Um, I guess that was my senior year of high school. So he was running or junior and senior year. He'd been winning pen relays and finishing high up a national. So I knew that, um, that'd be a guy I would love to train with one day. You know, obviously, um, I think it's with him the past two years, which has been absolutely amazing. Um, good luck to him. He's racing the trials tomorrow. Got in last second. So, Oh, nice. He yeah. He got in on scratches yesterday. So, okay. Nice. Yeah. He's out oh, there wow. now. Good luck to him. For the 15. Yeah. in the 15. Awesome. Awesome. But, That's um, cool. but yeah, no, it was just, I, I just knew like the vibe of the team and, you know, campus is gorgeous and it's, it's close enough to home for me where it's like, I'm close to home, but it's far enough away where I, I feel like I'm on my own. Um, but yeah, it was another funny Marcus story actually is he and I were just walking around on my visit and then he mentioned to me, he goes, so why are you here? Like, why did you take this visit? And like, what do you mean? He's just like, I haven't been really recruiting you at all because he's not very hands-on with everything. He's like, you, it's like you're here because you want to come here. And I was just like, well, shit, you're right. You know, I mean, <laughs> he kind of just like, yeah, like there's no other reason why you're here than you want to come here. Right. I was like, yeah, he's kind of right. Like, he's like, I haven't been recruiting <laughs> you heavily. I haven't been calling your phone all day. Like, you're here because you, you see something in this place. And he was right. And, you know, the rest is history. Uh, that Irish accent is very convincing. <laughs> it's a hard man to say no to. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, um, Tim, tell us what it's like to be coached by your dad. That's got to be a, a fun, interesting dynamic. Yeah, no, the, I would say that's the, that's the question I get asked on a weekly, sometimes. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's not what – yeah, it's, it, it really is great. Um, you know, right. it's, it's not the first time that he's coached a, a team of mine. Um, actually, I played travel basketball early on in middle school, and he, he coached the team. And, like, most of my basketball teams that I played on, actually, he coached. So I, 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 I know what he's like as a, as a coach. And, you know, he seeing him actually at Penn and, like, coaching our team is a little different than, obviously, coaching a sixth-grade basketball team for obvious reasons. But just seeing him in like his actual occupation and seeing what like seeing the behind the scenes a little bit, like when, you know, COVID shut everything down this year and seeing the all the time he spent down in our basement, just like putting stuff together, making sure that we were able to, you know, like 
come back and making sure that everyone was, you know, getting the attention that they needed and just, just seeing that like first person is, uh, is really cool, but it's, it's a pretty normal dynamic. I mean, I would say like, if you showed up, if you showed up at practice and saw like how he like coached us, you, you would not be able to pick and you would not be able to pick me out and be like, Oh, like that's his kid based on how he treats him. Right. Like, he, like, I, I would say it's, there are some times where I'm at practice and I just like kind of forget that he's my dad just cause right. it's like, so normal. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, it, obviously there, there's not a lot of people that get to do that uh, throughout the country. So it's, it's yeah. def- I'm definitely thankful that I'm one of few who gets to do it. Nice. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So now let's uh, start talking more about your guys' actual um, careers in college. Uh, so let's talk about Tim. I know you ran 152 and 352 uh, this past year, both very solid times. Sean, obviously you had a fantastic freshman year. Um, you played sixth at Indoor Nationals. You won the Big East 800. The, uh, you ran a really fast Outdoor 1500. Um, so just talk to us about all those races, you know, um, how they went. Um, yeah, I'll start. So I would say this year was definitely unique in terms of training and racing. I would say the, when the pandemic hit, I was definitely in a, in a very rough patch. I didn't have the greatest sophomore year ever, uh, had, had some struggles staying healthy. Um, but you know, once junior year rolled around the, the pandemic for me was actually something that was, I thought was very refreshing. It made me, you know, reflect on what I had done and it allowed for me to like rethink why I run. And, uh, you know, I, I went into that summer and that fall and really wanted to put myself in a position to have a, to make a pretty big leap. And so, uh, I actually spent the fall out in Colorado. Uh, one of my teammates, uh, Jamie Lee, he grew up in Longmont, Colorado, right outside of Boulder. And, uh, when we found out that, uh, we weren't going to be meeting on campus for the fall, he immediately texted us and was like, Hey, like he, t- he texted my class and was like, Hey, do you guys want to come out and live with me? uh, for the fall and we can like train together and whatnot. And we immediately jumped on it. And that was probably one of the greatest decisions, uh, that I've personally ever made in my life. Um, I definitely think it, it really helped, uh, springboard me for the, for the fall and got in really good shape. Unfortunately, uh, in the winter or right around Thanksgiving, I actually got COVID, um, which set me back a little bit. And so the, the winter was a little bit of playing catch up. But then once outdoor came around, I, I felt like I was back in, uh, back in prime shape. Um, but you know, we, we weren't able to go to that many big meets, uh, based on, you know, our, our conference and university regulations. Um, so we were only able to compete, uh, against schools within a 40 mile radius. Um, and most of the meets were at home, uh, against like a very few, very few number of schools. And so we, we really had to, you know, make a lot of opportunities ourselves. And I think that's where, you know, being on, the Penn team really benefited was that um, we were really able to help each other out. And, you know, obviously uh, I'll start with the 1500. That was the, the first race I ran of the year. Um, you know, it went okay. Uh, I'm not really that much of a 1500 guy uh, anymore. I kind of came to that realization this spring and then obviously uh, running 152 really solidified that. Um I've been told that I was, get, I kept getting told by my dad, he's like, I think you're an 800 guy. I think you're an 800 guy. And I like, didn't really want to 
believe it because I, I love running the mile and that was something that I've always wanted to do. But after running some more aids this year, I was like, you know, I definitely think he's right. And I think now uh, from a training perspective, I'm going to be gearing more towards that, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. So I would say that, you know, this year really helps like get me refreshed in sport in the sport of running in general. And it really helped me find like a new focus that I'm going to be going into this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. I, I think one thing you said that I'm sure a lot of runners can relate to is sort of that notion of finding your why. And during the pandemic, when everything was canceled, when there were no races for and nobody knew how long everyone really kind of had to, to really look within themselves and kind of question like, why am I doing this? What do I want to get out of this? Um, how much do I want to push myself with no sort of tangible um, kind of races in the future? What were some of the realizations that you came to? What were some of the whys that you found um, about the sport during that kind of time of like processing and, and thinking during COVID? Yeah. So uh, there was one day I, I distinctly remember um, I did like a, I did a workout um, down by this like little park near our house. And I just remember it went pretty bad. I was pretty frustrated with it. Um, it had been, you know, I'd gone through a pretty rough, rough patch there in training. And, you know, I like on the cool down back, I was like, it was, it was probably the worst I had ever gotten into my own head. Um, I'm someone who uh, sometimes can get really in their head um, about certain things. And so, that cool down back, I was like, I was like, man, like, why, why am I doing this? Like, why, why do I keep doing this to myself? Like, I didn't feel like I was really getting anywhere. Um, I actually remember the date, I think it was like April 22nd of last year. And I remember that was the closest I'd ever been to, to quitting running. And I just remember like that fall, that summer and that fall, I really decided to just give myself one, one large go, um, and just feel like, you know, I, I wanted to do this originally because I felt like I was talented enough to really push myself in running. And, you know, I, I love doing it. Like I, most of my friends now are through the sport and like without running, I, I would not be where I am now. So that's, that was my main reason why I was able to, to give like one big go, uh, this year. Um, you know, and in the, in the fall that really, I really learned a lot about myself and training out in Colorado. Um, just like the, my biggest development, I think was not only physically, I was definitely in the best shape of my life, but I think mentally I was just on a whole nother level, um, which I think was a, a really big reason why I was able to make a pretty big jump, not the jump that I wanted to make, but you know, it, it a jump nonetheless. So I definitely think like just finding finding out like, you know, the, the work you put into running and that that's really important, you know, running is that sport where you, you get out what you put into it. And so I really, really took that to heart this year. And I definitely think it paid off. So was, you think it was like putting in all that work and really betting on yourself and like taking that chance with training. Um, was it a lot of confidence? Like what was sort of that new mentality that you adopted? Was it really just like a belief in yourself and a belief in that training yeah, I, you know, our, our training is very simple. Um, we're, we don't do anything too crazy. We're not doing like any crazy interval workouts that you'd see some people do on flow track or whatnot. Right. Um, but 
also I think it was the environment I was in. Um, I think my class, especially at Penn is one that was a very good class, especially in New Jersey. We had some of the best guys in New Jersey yeah. uh, my year. And then, you know, adding in some guys from across the country and being out in Colorado, like some of those guys were in really good shape, honestly, a lot better shape than I was. And I just remember like being out there and living with them. I was like, you know, why, why can't I be a part of that? Like, why can't I be putting up some of the marks that they were? And I was, my whole mantra being out there was just like, just stick, stick around for as long as you can, whether it be like on a workout, a tempo run, long run, whether we're up high or doing like a track session, I was just like, just stick as long as you can. And I think just being around that environment definitely really helped. Nice. I like that. All right. So, so Sean, take us through some of your season, that, that indoor race, NCAAs, take us through that. How did that go? Were you expecting to place that well, sixth place at uh, NCAAs indoors? Not at all. Um, I had a feeling. So my season was, you know, it was pretty similar to pretty similar to Tim's, um, you right. know, last year when COVID first happened, I was actually recovering from a, a tibial stress fracture. Um, so I actually cracked my tibia all the way through. So I essentially broke it, um, from training in the fall and it was just a long injury. I was in a boot for a little while and I was, you know, couldn't really walk around pain-free. Um, couldn't put any, like putting pressure, like couldn't jump, couldn't run. Um, so I was basically out from November until I think I started doing like five minute runs in February, late February, maybe. And so, um, the pandemic was a blessing in disguise for me because, um, as a guy who came in, uh, you know, ready to make an impact right away, my first indoor season, um, which would have been the 2020 indoor season. Like I was ready to jump right in and fall went great. I had, um, had a couple really good uh, cross races for myself, time trials and whatnot. And then, um, just got snatched away by this injury and then everything got snatched away by COVID. So, um, I looked at it as a time where I could, you know, put my head down, just, just get back to the basics, get back to work, take, really take my time, building myself back up. Uh, I'm not really a high mileage guy. So I've been running, uh, consistently now for a year and some change. Um, first time in a really long time, I've had a full year of training over a full year of training healthy. Um, I'm like a 45 mile week kind of guy. So just, you know, basically doing what I'm supposed to do, sticking to the workout, sticking to the plan, just keeping, keeping on following that. So, um, our first semester, we didn't race at all. We just had a couple of, uh, cross country, like time trials. And, um, I was actually quarantined at one point cause my roommate got COVID. I luckily didn't get it. So I was home here for two weeks. Um, and I think in that two week span, I was, I spent a lot of time by myself, obviously. And it made me realize that, you know, I have to, I have to make, I think I can make a serious, seriously big jump from, um, you know, being a good high school guy as a 405 guy in high school. And I think I could really, really make the jump, um, that indoor season. So, um, we came back to, came back to school, whatever, I had a couple more workouts at a time child and went home for Thanksgiving break and that long, uh, Thanksgiving Christmas break. So I really dedicated myself to that whole break. Um, I, I told myself, I think it was, um, it might actually be the day Tim got COVID or found out Tim had COVID. I decided to myself, um, I'm, I'm going to break four minutes indoors. That was like my big goal. I was going to do everything in my power 
for that, for those next two months to, um, try and break four minutes indoors. Um, didn't know if I was gonna get the chance, but I was going to try and at least get myself in the best shape I could to, if I had a chance, I was going to try and go do it. And if I didn't, I was going to have to just try and wait for the next year, but, you know, have a big outdoor season. So kind of went into the indoor season, um, just really, really motivated and in really, really good shape. Um, so I opened up my season at army with a one K, uh, flat track two twenty four, but like closed super hard. So like, that was like a, a really good sign. Um, and then luckily enough, I got to go down to JDL in North Carolina, uh, got in a pro race first time in like an actual pro race with some, some legit guys and ran four Oh one. Um, so that one hurt really bad, but you know, got a conversion down to three fifty eight from the flat track. So kind of snuck my way into NCAs there. And then, you know, um, didn't really know what to expect going to NCAs. I was just kind of taking the attitude, you know, I'm just happy to be here. Um, I didn't think I was gonna get this opportunity. So, you know, just kind of try and go into the first heat and or first round and just try and do what I can to make the final. I just, you know, race the guys around me. I didn't really even care about time. And sure enough, um, I just locked in and, you know, raced, raced the guys in the race, closed hard last uh, 150 meters and ran through 57 and didn't really get to enjoy it because I had the final the next day. So I was just like, you know what, you know, just try to act like I've been there before. <laughs> just, you know, walk right off like a, uh, like just one of the guys and then got ready for the next day, basically did the exact same thing and finished sixth. So yeah, I think sitting in my hotel room after the final, I kind of realized what I just accomplished. Um, and I was just taken aback. I was like, Whoa, this is a jump I did not expect to make. So it was, um, it, that was definitely a very special season for me because, you know, all my teammates were getting ready to run NCA cross and they're all watching me run the mile indoors and, having my whole team around me um, was super, super motivating. And it was just, it was just really exciting. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. Um, so was the pro race, the Camel City, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was like my first actual race in like so long, like just with like, cause right. army was not great competition. So I was kind of like, I luckily got a pace and I just went out and pushed it hard there, but I like relearned how to run in a pack. And I was just like, what the heck do I do with these all these people around me and yeah it definitely showed i was making like just ridiculously silly moves just like wasting so much energy and i still ran relatively quick so i knew yeah. there was a lot more there if i just you know could clean up my tactics and just stay on the rail and just you know just run it was your first time breaking four was the prelims at ncaa's yeah okay yeah. so you broke it with the, the 357 yeah that was the first time under and I looked at the clock and I was like, in my head, I was like, holy crap. But yeah. I was just like, act cool, act cool, act like you've done this before. <laughs> and just walk right off. I was like, yep, just another day. That's so yeah. funny. You break four for the first time and your first thought is act cool. Like, <laughs> you're not trying to sell resistance. I was, literally, I was <laughs> literally just like, you know what? Can't act like I, you know, did a huge thing. Just kind of had to, you know, act like I've been there before. Business as yeah. usual, you know, just another day at the office kind of deal. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of like our uh, our team had like this motivation around ourselves. Like just, you know, if we ran well, we can't get too hyped up about it. It's just another day at the office, you know. Um, I specifically remember went, to, went down to Ole Miss and um, Casey ran 337, I ran 338, and Charlie O'Donovan ran 340. And those were all like pretty major PRs for us. And I remember we were like sitting in our Airbnb afterwards. We were like, that's it? Like we were just like, that's 
that was great. That was good. We PR and stuff, but like, we all wanted more. Like we all like Casey and I wanted to get the trial standard there. Right. Charlie wanted to break 340. Like at that point, Charlie was like two weeks off and two or three weeks off NCA cross. So like he wasn't even expecting to run that fast. And he was just like frustrated with the 340. So like, that's kind of like the vibe we had in our team this past year is like, you know, we're running great, but like, we don't want to get too hot of a head or anything right. like that. So we just had to kind of treat it like it was just another day at the office or like, that's not good enough. Or like, you know, we had to kind of put ourselves in perspective, seeing that, you know, Casey and I finished high up at the Ole Miss race, but I was like eighth and he was fourth or whatever. Like there's right. still guys ahead of us. What right. was it like training with a guy like Casey? Cause he's finished top three, top four at nationals had a lot of success um, on that scene. Did he really, um sort of help like pave the way for you yeah absolutely i mean i actually because just because the way we work out i didn't actually do too many workouts like specifically with casey okay. just because the, the kid's an aerobic freak like there's one workout yeah. he and i did together and i literally I remember so specifically it was like a couple days after i ran my 1k at army so i was like my legs were a little still like not back underneath me and then marcus throws me in his workout with him and i'm like holding on for dear life and then I just was like barely finishing this workout and Casey, like I didn't even do the full workout. I literally did like, it was like a ladder. It was like eight, six, two by four, four by two, two by four, six, eight. It was just like basically up and down. And I didn't do the eights with him. And he just was literally like basically ramping it up the whole second half. And I'm just like hanging on for, I'm like literally just staring at his back and I'm like, don't, don't let him get too far away at that point. Um, but I definitely learned a lot from him. Um, he was a, he was a great role model for me and for, uh, for Charlie. And we, we got a lot of work done with him this year, which was great. Uh, I nice. didn't know if we were going to get it obviously because of, uh, cause of COVID, but he came back, which is, which is awesome for us. And, um, you know, learned a lot from him, learned kind of like how to, I think he was kind of the, the one who he didn't really teach me the, uh, the act like he'd been there before, but like just kind of the way he carried himself, like he would do things things in practice or he would do things in races and like it wasn't it was never enough and I always thought I'm a guy like that too I'm not I'm not satisfied very easily so um I'd seen him do that a couple of times and that's kind of where um where I'm coming from he's a really uh you know mentally tough guy and he's a physically tough guy as well so I just try to you know just try to be like him and you know and just try and carry myself the way he does I want you right yeah it's always cool when you have a uh a teammate who can help you in that sort of way. So you both had very good years, obviously. And then that led up to the race that you guys did to get the Olympic standard. Sean, you hit the standard and Tim, you helped pace him. Uh, I would assume that was a very special moment between two of you. So if you could just talk about that, like how that race was and uh, how you felt, you know, before the race, during the race and then after the race. Yeah. So, um, Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so for from my from my perspective, um, it was just kind of like you know Sean Sean called me on like a, a random Wednesday. I think it was like ten days out, and he was like, "Hey, like I found a meet. I'm gonna try and run the Olympic trial standard in the eight. And he's like, "I, I don't know what the competition is gonna be like. He's like, I, "I need a pacer. Can you do it?" And I was like, "Sure. Like I'll I'll, I'll give it a go." Um, and so the, the plan was to, was to take Sean through in about 52 seconds um, or have him come through in 52 seconds. 
And, you know, the, the day of the race or leading up to it, I, I hadn't felt that great. Like the, the previous two weeks leading up to it, most of my runs weren't feeling great. I was feeling pretty run down. And I specifically did a few like tune up workouts to like really get used to running like that kind of that kind of pace and like making sure I get out well. Um, and so leading up to it, uh, I was feeling like pretty optimistic. And obviously, Sean, having come off of NCAAs, obviously knew he was in pretty good shape, but uh, was was curious to see how he would take advantage of the opportunity. And so we we get to the meet uh, and we warm up. And I just remember, like, standing on the line, I said to Sean right beforehand, I was like, all right, like, no, no matter what happens, like, at least you gave it a go. Like, regardless of what happens, like, you, you can live with the fact that you took, you're taking this, you're taking this chance. Um, and so I remember we, we got out, um, actually funny story. So, uh, there's a guy who was in the race. He was, he comes up to me right before and he goes, Hey, like, do you know if there's going to be a pacer in here? And I was like, yeah, it's me. And he was like, Oh, great. Like, that's, that's awesome. And so the race starts and I like get out pretty well. And then all of a sudden, like this guy just like cuts in front of me, like on the, like when we break out of the lanes, like in the break line, he just like, takes off. And I'm just like, Oh no, like, am I going too slow? And I looked down and I had come through in like 25 and he had like put a gap on me. So I was like, Oh wow. Like I'm getting a pacer here too, I guess, like without even intending for it to happen. And so, um, we took Sean through and about 52. And then I just remember seeing him on the backstretch and I was like, he's going to run something pretty crazy here. Like he, he looked like he had a lot left and I was like, and then I, he came down to the final stretch and, when he got to the, the mile start line about 10 meters away, I was like, wow, he's going to crush the crush the, the goal that we had set of hopefully getting him to run one low 147. And, you know, that was that I just remember looking in the crowd at my parents and just screaming, just yelling as loud as I could. I was like, I was in shock. Um, but yeah, Sean can give his view, but I just remember that was like, that was really cool. Just being a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, a, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and so, you came through fifty-two, hit it right on. Yeah, man, and kid was off. money. Kid was money. There you go. Um, yeah, so my side of the story is, you know, Tim explained it perfectly. It was a random night, and uh, I, I called him like, "Hey, I don't know if you want to do it for me, but it'd be huge if you could pace me through 400. I was I was originally asking like five hundred, like, "Yo, can you push five hundred for me?" He's like, I don't know. Okay, I could probably get you four, and then you know, on the day he probably could have got me five, but um, you know, it was, it was good. I was itching to go anyways after the first four, but he did a absolutely perfect job. It was it was the best situation we could have had. Um, the reason I had this idea was um, uh, after the after the regionals, NCAA regionals. Um, I've been running the fifteen all year, and uh, went to run the eight at Big East and ran ran one forty eight, but felt really really comfortable with that. Um, and thought I might've wanted to run the eight at regionals, but decided just to stick with the 15. Um, ultimately that was not the best idea. Um, made it the first round and then made it to the, I guess the second round of regionals and was the first guy out. Um, so that was, that was really tough, obviously, especially being all American indoors. You, you don't expect to make it, but you know, you think, uh, you can at least, you know, find your way to scrape in. And, um, I just, it was just a bad day to have a bad day. Um, and so after that, I was, I was pretty damn bad. Not going to lie. I was, I was pretty upset. I was expecting to be in Eugene. So, um, I was having some FOMO watching those races 
And I called Tim. I'm like, yeah, we got this race. Um, gotta have you help me pace. Um, yeah. And then it, from there on out, it was just, I was checking in on him every, every couple of days. I'm like, Hey man, how are the workouts going? How are you feeling? Um, just want to make sure he's still good. Cause if he's, if he's going to pull out last second, I'm like, you know, I'll just try and do it myself anyways. But, um, he, uh, I did bribe him. I said, I'll buy him a case of beer if he does a good job and, you know, <laughs> did a good enough job. So, um, but yeah, no, he did, he did a great job and it was definitely super special. Um, it's always great. You know, Tim's a guy I've run with countless miles with basically every day in the summer. He's, he's my training partner. So, um, and even all throughout high school, he and I worked out together every single day. So, um, that was definitely a very, very special moment. And, you know, when, when I hit the time, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, like Tim said, I didn't, the goal was probably to run like 147 low. Cause that's really what we felt we needed to get in. Um, but you know, I came through in 52, um, right on Tim. And then, you know, like I was probably the guy that was far ahead of Tim. I closed it down on the back stretch and hit, uh, 600, like 119 flat, 118 high, I think. And then just, you know, just belted it home from there and, um, felt good the whole time. I didn't really feel like I was rigging at any point. Um, so that was exciting for me. Cause I think if I could, I'm not much of a time trialer. So if I can go out and essentially time trial, a 146, I knew there was some more there. Um, but yeah, I was just super thrilled, you know, just punch that ticket to Eugene and, um, and then race the Olympic trials. And basically we we'd run the qualifier on a Saturday and I was in Eugene on Tuesday. It was such a quick turnaround. The window had closed that night, I think. So it was such a quick turnaround. And then, you know, went into the trials and that was that. Nice. So before we get uh, into the trials, um, Tim, I just wanted to ask you sort of, as kind of the older brother kind of paving the way, like you said, you guys are training with each other every day, running together. When did you really start to see that potential uh, in Sean like, hey, this this guy could he could contend for an Olympic team. He could uh, win NCAA's. When did you start seeing him? Um, what did you see it always there from when he's the moment he started running, or was there kind of a moment where you were like, yeah, this kid could be he could do something? So, I knew Sean always had like some pretty natural ability with running. Um, middle school, he was running the four hundred, uh, and then I I love this story, but. We, so our, our coach, we had another guy uh, on the middle school team when, when Sean was in eighth grade and uh, he was one of our high school teammates, Will Titus, shout out to you. Um, he, w- he was running really well for an eighth grader um, and they were like, you know, let, let's put Will and Sean in an 800 together and just see what happens. And so I remember, I think Will runs 210 and Sean runs 212 as like eighth graders, which is just very impressive. And Sean crosses the line and he, he comes over to my parents and I, and he says, man, I, I'm never doing that again. Like that. <laughs> um, and then we were like, all right, he definitely has some ability there. And then uh, his freshman year, uh, he, he started running the eight a little more and was running pretty well. And I would say that the moment I knew that there was something there was when uh, it was the group meet. Uh, we ran the four by eight the night before and, we ran okay. Didn't run that great. Uh, Sean would, I don't really want to speak for Sean, but I, I would say he was, was bad. Not, he was, was bad. not, he was not very <laughs> thrilled. We were in and, uh, 
Uh, I just, I distinctly remember the next day we were going to watch the meet. He was running the eight and I walk in to my parents' room and I was talking to my dad and I was like, Hey, like, what do you think Sean's going to do? He was like, ah, man, I mean, he, he didn't look great last night. So I hope he can turn it around. But he, I was like, all right, like what's your time prediction? He's like, I think if he has a great day, he runs 157, 156. And I was like, all right. I was like, for some reason, I don't know why, but I think he's going to run 155. And sure enough, he, here he comes down the home stretch, runs 155. What was it, like a tenth off the freshman state record? I, 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 don't even, I might have had it. I don't even know. It was much quicker than I had previous, previously run. My, my yeah, previous best was 157, so it was a huge chunk off. Yeah. So when he ran, when he ran the 155, I was like, all right, there's, there's definitely something there. Yeah. And then the, the next year, uh, when he ran the mile for the first time and, uh, went under 420 the first time I was like, all right, there's definitely some ability. Right. And then I went to answer your question about whether he could make like an Olympic team or compete at the NCAAs. It was the, the first college race when I was, I was, right. distinctly, I distinctly remember, was watching the live results because there was no stream for the meet and I just see his last 200 and it pops up like 26 flat or something like that for a flat right. track and like to run that time and I was like all right he's gonna run something pretty crazy this year yeah um but yeah I mean the, the potential was always there um seeing it come to fruition and just seeing it like week by week has been pretty cool um but I mean, I definitely don't think he's done that. That's for sure. Right. I definitely think after, after this weekend, especially there's, there's a lot more there and, you know, I, I'm kind of scared to see how, how big, <laughs> it, but like, it, it could be something pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that brings us to the trials. So what, what was it like being right behind Clayton Murphy, Donovan Brazier, seeing those jerseys and, and competing with those guys? Uh, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I, I kind of had the same mentality of when I first went to NCAAs indoors, just, I'm just so happy to be here. Um, usually, um, before races, I'm like totally dialed in, like, like don't talk to me kind of dialed in. Like I won't answer, like right. just have music, like basically crushing my eardrums, <laughs> just like ready to run through a brick wall. What's the pre-race hype song? What, what's your go-to? Oh, it's just, I have this playlist that I do my, I do my music based on, um, what color it makes me think of my, my red it. playlist is like, just like hard rap music. Just, I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, I put on the red playlist when it's time to get going. So, um, so yeah, I was just, it was just different this time because it was, I was a lot more relaxed. I was just like, you know what? I'd run fantastic earlier this week, I was just, I was still kind of like on cloud nine from the 146. I was just like, you know what, anything from here on out is, you know, icing on the top. So it was, uh, when not really expecting too much. Um, I kind of looked at my heat and analyzed it. I'm like, you know, I could probably make the semi, um, I'll have to run well, but I think I can make the semi. And so, um, you know, I go into the first round and, um, I had Brandon Miller who just finished second NCAAs. I, um, the kid from air force, Michael Rhodes from 145. Um, I had some legit guys in the race. So, um, came through pretty, you know, I was doing like 53 or something. And then 
it was really windy. And so it just slowed down the back stretch. And I was like, fine, that's fine by me. I'd, I'd rather go slower. And then last, last 200 started, started picking up, picking it up. And I got real wide on the home stretch and, you know, had, had some gears left there. Didn't really have to go all the way to the well, which was great. Um, got the top three spot, moved on, uh, kind of business as usual, kind of, kind of deal again there. And, um, and yeah, no, that was, that was really exciting, um, to make the semi at the Olympic trials as a, as a freshman or freshman freshman as a 20 year old was, uh, was super, super special. Um, you know, I was kind of just enjoying that moment. Um, like my phone was going crazy basically for like that entire weekend of people just congratulating me and stuff. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was really cool to see. It was cool to see all the, uh, all the hard work, um, you know, start to pay off, start, start to get some love from people. I mean, I was, I've been getting a lot of love this whole year, but, um, you know, it's, this one's a little different though. It's, it's the Olympic trials. Like you have people who are just, you know, turn on the TV and they see you on the TV and they're just, you know, shooting you a text. But, um, it was just, it was more than just running people. It was, you know, it was my friends from home who don't run or it was like my mom's friends and stuff like that. So that was a, that was a really interesting experience. And then, you know, going into the semi, I had absolutely nothing to lose. And, you know, when you get put in the, the tough heat with, you know, Brazier, Murphy, uh, Sawinski, like, I'm looking at that field. I'm like, that's just a U.S. final. Like that's any other year. That's literally the final plus me. Yeah. So <laughs> went in, had nothing to lose. So I just, you know, I was a little tired, more tired than I expected um, during the first lap. And then even windier again, I probably gave those guys a little too much respect on the back stretch, and then uh, closed the last 200 real, real hard. I think the only person who had a faster last lap than me in the entire out of both semis was Clayton Murphy. So I proved I could, you know, close the big boys and uh, probably positioning was a little bit off. Um, but, you know, that's something you learn. I mean, I would run a whole lot of eights this past year. So uh, getting in that one, getting into the trials with the eight and, um, you know, still kind of learn how to race tactically. And it's a little bit different at this level compared to high school, obviously, with uh, everyone's got gears now. It's not like there's one or two guys that can really kick. It's, you know, everyone can kick. Everyone was the fastest kid in their County. Um, so that's definitely a newer thing for me to try and deal with in the eight. So, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. You know, like I'm like, I'm bumping elbows with, with, you know, world medalists, you know, world champions. So it was a, it was an amazing experience. And, you know, I think now that um, I'm a couple of days removed from it, I could, you know, take back and, uh, and realize like how amazing that experience was. Like I was 11th overall in the entire country. Like that's, that's pretty absurd in my, in my opinion. So, um, you know, for a guy who like a year ago, wasn't running too much because of an injury. And now he's, you know, essentially one of the top guys in the country. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a pretty cool experience. And, you know, like Tim said, I, I definitely think there's more in the tank. Um, I, I, I realize it, Tim realizes it. Uh, my parents, my coach, everyone realizes it. So, Right. It's, it's encouraging. It's very encouraging for the future. So what was the sort of the mindset going into the trials? Was it like, I'm happy to be here. Let me get as much experience as I can for the future. Was it more like, I, I want to make this final. Was it, I want to PR. What was kind of going through your head? How did you approach the rounds? Um, yeah. What, what kind of, what were you thinking going into it? I was totally naive. Um, it was definitely the, I'm just happy to be here kind of thing. And right. anything else is great. Um, I thought I had the potential of PR because the, the 146 was, it was a great, it was a huge run. It was a two sec full two second PR. 
but I knew there was still more there, which is obviously exciting. Um, but I'm a kind of guy who that was one of the few times I was really raised, um, that Saturday before I ran the 146. That was one of the few times I was really racing for times. I knew I had to hit one, but I'm usually a guy who just races the guys in the race. So that was kind of a, you know, refreshing experience to not have to worry about time, not have to be so worried about my splits and everything. Just, you know, try and just move when the other guys have to move. Yeah, Sean, I saw the uh, I saw the picture you posted on your Instagram story of Brazier, Murphy, and you, and that is just an insanely cool picture. Um, so I just wanted to say that. And I wanted to ask you, too, uh, with this whole trials experience, how do you think like that whole experience is going to help you in the future at Villanova and uh, in your uh, career moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've now raced the best guys in the world. Like, there's nothing to be... You know, sometimes it's tough to go into these races and you see all these guys that, you know, like when I race against my prelim and against Cold Hawker and the, uh, and the, and like the guys run 350, like I'm looking at him, like, like he's a God, but he's, you know, a, year, a couple months younger than me. So it's, it's a little tough to go into these races and be like, you know, not idolizing, but like you see what these guys do and you're like, you're trying to be like them. But now I've gone to these races with like Olympic medalists, world medalists and stuff. And you know, they're, they're, they're very good runners. You know, that's, that's the places, that's the place I want to be. So, um, it's definitely encouraging. Um, if I can run with those guys and close, close similar to those guys, you know, I still have a lot more developing to do and, um, it's, it's, it's going to be good. Um, I think for the mental aspect, for sure, it's definitely encouraging. That's definitely one of the, the harder parts of this sport is, you know, when you're looking at a field and you're seeing all these seeing PRs of 142 and you're four seconds off, it's like, you know, realistically, it's not going to happen. But, you know, on anybody's day, it could happen. So um, it's it's definitely encouraging. Um, I think this year was definitely um, a year where mental strength came in, came in huge. I've always, you know, never really been intimidated by by the big dogs and. Uh, it's been really challenging this year just because like with, with, even with COVID, I had to be super dialed in, couldn't really be seeing a lot of people off the team, um, had to be super disciplined. And so kind of going into these races that were essentially each race I was going into every weekend or whatever was the new, like hardest race, deepest race I've ever been into. So that just, I just became used to that. And so by the time I got to the semis at the Olympic trials, it was just, you know, I'm racing, you know, the best field I've ever been in, take as much experience as you can from it. And, you know, just try and take as many scalps as possible. That's awesome. No, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really great approach. And I'm, I'm really excited, man, to see what you uh, continue doing in the rest of your career. Thank you. But yeah. So we want to ask both of you guys, what are your predictions for the women's 800 and the men's 1500? Because the, the finals on Sunday, this will come out Monday. So oh, so when this comes out, it'll the team will be finalized. So we're you putting you on the spot, ch- but you have a great chance to look very smart right now. Yes. Answer this question. <laughs> so right, yeah, Tim, I'll you go first. You probably already have something calculated up. <laughs> you can yeah, do your top I'm, three, I'm, who you think is gonna win. Yeah, what I'm you, currently you thinking? pulling up my I forget what I did for the women's eight, but I'm pulling up my let's run prediction contest to see what yeah, I Okay, do. nice, nice. <laughs> Um, I do, I've been doing pretty well so far, so let, we'll, we'll see how, uh, we'll see how things go. But I remember for the men's 15, I went Centro Hawker angles. That's what I got. 
Yeah. I like that. Hawker getting in there, huh? Yeah, I do. I um, like it. And then women's eight, uh, I went Athing, obviously. Um, Jersey, obviously. Shout out, shout, shout out Mercer County. Exactly. <laughs> and then AJ Wilson getting second. And then uh, Jersey again, obviously. And then Kate Grace getting third, some Ivy League representation. Oh, nice. Don't don't sleep on Nia Aikens, though, my former teammate. True. Don't sleep on her. She's been running well this year. True. All right, I like that. I like um, those picks. Yeah, so I think my 15 was – I think Centro's going to make it. I don't know if he'll win or not. I think he'll make it. I think Hakuro will make it as well. And I do like Angles, but kind of a, kind of a dark horse here. I do like Vince Chiotti too. He, he's a little Ooh. choppy. He's been running well. I don't know. I like um, that. He's, 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 he's got the standard. He's one of the few right? guys. He's teammates with Patrick uh, Tiernan, right? He is, yeah. Okay. He's an OTC guy. So, cool, cool, cool. you know, he's been running well. He's one of the few guys that have the standards. So, right. he's going to – I think he can do something special. I also don't want to really sleep on Hobbs Kessler too much. He also is a – True. He's just one of those guys, you know, always finds a way to run fast and sneak his way into places. You know, he probably shouldn't be as an 18-year-old. So, um, I, would keep, I would keep my eyes out for him. And in the women's eight, obviously opting. Um, I think Ajay as well. And then, oh, man, I don't even know who this third spot would go to. It's it's pretty open. I feel like it's it's just, yeah. It's, it's going to be exciting. You know? It's going to be exciting. I think there's 45 girls that hit the time. So, like, yeah. it's it's the best of the best. I would love to say uh, one of my teammates, McKenna Keegan, if she somehow squirmed her way into that final, that would be right. amazing. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think um, – Aj and you know I like Tim's pickup, Kate Grace. That's 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 a safe pick, I think. I do like that. All right, cool. I like those picks. Well, Monday we'll we'll know you guys. That Vince Chiotti, you might you might sound big brain when this comes out. If that if that happens, man, that would be the best prediction I've yeah, ever made yeah. in my entire life. That'd be impressive. Yeah, that'd be that'd be very funny. Um, so I think we're gonna move into our last couple questions. So the first one. Is Taylor Ham or Pork Roll? Which side do you fall on? Uh, it's a very hot topic. Pork Roll. It's Pork, pork Roll. roll. Pork, pork Roll. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's if the there was disagreement answer. there between Tim and I, that'd be a uh, serious <laughs> issue. That'd be a very serious issue. We would, have, we, would have, we would have come to blows off camera. Yeah. yeah. Straight, straight, straight through the wall. That's all I was saying. That's the right all answer. Right, nice. Good, good. Just, just clearing that up. Good, good, good. We haven't – we'll see. I – I feel like Taylor Ham is much more rare. I'm curious to see if we get any Taylor Ham people on the podcast. That's that, that's North Jersey for you. Yeah, that's all people up from North Jersey. <laughs> see, it's weird though because I'm from North Jersey. I'm from North Jersey, and I say pork roll. I don't say Taylor Ham. Oh wow! You're, and I thought I thought Taylor Ham was you're a one South- million, my friend. <laughs> I thought Taylor Ham was a South Jersey thing because my grandma is from South Jersey and she calls it Taylor Ham. So I always thought it was the opposite. I actually think it might be like a generational thing. I think older that's- people do call it Taylor Ham. Okay. And you know, I think I think there might be an influence on north or south, but I think it also could be a generational thing. Isn't that also like the name? Isn't that like the brand name? The major? Yeah, brand? yeah, yeah. Where I think people like get it confused. Yeah, like Gillingham is the name of is the main name of like pork roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's layers. There's layers to this. <laughs> it's like Band Aid. <laughs> the actual yeah. name of the product. 
right, so our next question. What's your guys' favorite place in New Jersey to run? Oh, easy. Uh, Go ahead, Timmy. Oh, man. Underrated one. Uh, if you're a Mercer County guy, you know this. Washington Crossing Towpath. Yes, sir. Under- you don't, you can't. It's, it's, it's undefeated. undefeated. Columbia Trail is great. I, I, like the, I like the Columbia mm-hmm. Trail, but, you know, we grew up a mile away from uh, Scudder's Falls entrance. Yep. Uh, so we, we've, we run far too many miles there. I'll probably be going there this weekend, uh, to <laughs> be honest. I thought about that Ooh. today, actually. I'll be so, there this weekend, hundred percent. Yeah, so I, you know, I could run there every day if I could. Washington Crossing is that's just the best. Do you do you mainly yeah. do the towpath? Any any loops in the trails or on the roads? No, just the path. Nice. Path. It's, it's yeah, a good we would, one. Uh, we would would have our high school practices in like the actual park, so we've done our fair share of running on the trails and the roads in the park, and right. nothing beats the towpath. But I also sure. think. Towpath is number one. Washington Crossing Towpath is number one. And then I actually went up to uh, River Road in Bedminster, I think oh, it okay. is. Yeah. I went up there over uh, winter break with um, up with my teammate Trevor Potts up there. Um, that was very, very nice as well. That was nice. a good spot. That's there, a great place there to roads, run. hills. Yeah, it was a good spot. But, you know, I think that's going to have to be a close second to, uh, to, the, to the towpath. Nothing nice. beats the views of the towpath either. True. My friend and I did a, a whole marathon just on the Washington Crossing towpath. You, you yeah. can't beat it. You can't beat it. Can't. Yeah, we did. Nice. So I think our last question is: When you guys go to Wawa, what's your Wawa order? What's the go-to <laughs> at Wawa? Oh man! So recently, I've been going. Actually, when I was at school, I've been going for breakfast a lot recently. So I'm going to give my breakfast okay. order. I like it. I've been getting a breakfast burrito with a hash brown. Um, it's the like the egg bacon scramble one. Yeah. Uh, cheddar cheese, chipotle. I just like the chipotle mayo or whatever in there. Um, avocado, spinach, and everything bagel seasoning. Nice. That's loaded up. I like yep. that. The chipotle yep. mayo slept on. That stuff's good. It is. Big, big, big fan of that. Nice. Tim, how about you? Yeah, so for as long as I remember, I was getting the the same like bread and chicken sandwich for as long as I could remember. And then when I got to college, I start I went on like a bit of a a bit of a quesadilla Ooh. grind for a little bit. Chris Romero got me really into that. So shout out okay. to him. Um and then recently I've taken a little bit more of a healthier approach when going to Wawa, if you can even say that. <laughs> um, when I just get like a, I essentially make myself like a, a turkey, like BLT, um, and like put some mayo on it. And then I'll get, uh, I'll usually get some baked Lay's chips original. Um, nice. Sometimes I'll throw in a cookie or get myself a pint of ice cream for later, uh, Ben and Jerry's. Then I always get, at least one strawberry banana body armor because those are just like <laughs> those are just the best i i don't know why i, I just love those um yeah that's my mom nice that's that's a full meal i like it <laughs> but yeah guys thanks so much for coming Absolutely. on that was a lot of fun yeah thanks for having us guys it's, it was a lot of fun yeah, yeah for sure lot, guys. This, this is a lot of fun to do for sure and we'll we'll see about those 15 and 800 picks yeah, Shiati, do not let me down. <laughs> <laughs>